Welcome back to the Dare to Dream podcast. My name is Vincent Van Patten, and this is a podcast to inspire you to embark on the adventure of your life. Today is a solo episode with just me, and it will be bit of a meandering through what I've been going through, feeling, and experiencing lately, which is quite a lot. This is a few days from my first, well, my one-year mark of living in Japan. So I came here on September 2nd, 2022, and it's August 31st. So this weekend, it'll be one year, and it's also my birthday on Sunday. September 3rd. It's my first full day in Japan was my birthday. And that is an interesting place to start because I came to Japan really not expecting to make amazing friends. I thought for some reason that it was going to be sort of this lone wolf mentality, kind of me against this world, me against the world. A writer going out to a foreign country where he doesn't speak the language and just kind of laying it all out there and just writing about the experience of being alone in this new place. And it has been so much different than that. It, yeah, I guess in some sense I did, I wanted that, that adventure of being by myself and the feeling of this is something hard and difficult and I could do it and sharing the beauty and the struggle and everything so amazing in between that but it has been so so different my first week of teaching english for some stroke of fate luck but i think it's mostly fate i found four of my best friends here in japan they were, we were all in the first training group to start teaching english in uh, Osaka, right after COVID, we were—I think—we were the first group to begin at this company after COVID, and I think it was a mixture of the excitement of that, of Japan opening up, and being the first people that you know we've all been waiting for years to finally move here, and it was that excitement that brought us together. But if we were just completely people, incompatible people, that could only last for so long we have <laughs> we've really only gotten stronger as a friend group and had so much fun and it's because we are these different characters there's if you don't mind me using your names <laughs> Paige and pat british couple and like the mother and father of our group so much love for them and it's just yeah, they've been the kind of the core of, of our team. You got Ashley from New Jersey, and she is hilarious, always down for a good time, great heart, great person. And you got Joe-san. He's like my little brother in this experience, but also an amazing friend. He is from the north of England, <laughs> doing the biographies here. And yeah, we make quite the motley crew, and for some reason, it has worked. And it's kind of culminated this year in the fact that we hiked Mount Fuji last weekend. 
And I'll explain about that experience because it was one of the coolest things that I've ever done. So we stayed last Saturday at a hostel in Shizuoka, which is the prefecture where Fuji lays. Fuji is kind of that iconic mountain in Japan. You've probably seen pictures of it before. Maybe you've seen it with your own eyes if you live in Japan. And it was one of those things when I came to Japan in 2019 for the first time that it was kind of a bucket list item, but something that, like, how do you actually hike Mount Fuji? I've heard that it's something you do as a celebration to put the cherry on top of a life event. You hike Mount Fuji when you get married or you get the promotion or you have a kid, something extraordinary. And we didn't have much of a reason besides wanting to do it. And um, I had the idea a few months ago and the slightest bit of research and realized that summer is the only time you could do it because it actually gets covered in snow. In two weeks from now, it'll start having snow on the mountain. And so obviously that's still the end of summer. So there is a window of opportunity. And I thought, if we don't do it now, maybe we won't do it. I don't know how long I'll be in Japan, especially this close with this group. And I think this would be an amazing time. Then, of course, I am the the creator of the idea, Inceptor. Inception? I don't know. But Pat, what I love about him is he gets shit done. Patty boy. He put it all together. He did all the research. He made the phone calls in Japanese. Something that still scares me. And he figured out how the hell we actually get up that mountain. So we had to spend the first night, Saturday night, at a hostel. And then we take off at 5.40 in the morning. We start our approach. And the way we would do it, there's bus you know just a couple trains and a bus and the bus takes us to the fifth station on mount fuji each station is basically a hut to just relax take a break take a break breath there's beers there's snacks water it's all very expensive but there's station five which we get dropped off at and then it goes 10 is the top of the mountain the summit is also I think a 9.5 and an old seven and a new seven. So I think that's seven stations in total that we would be traversing. And we would be staying the night at the ninth station. So we hike through the day, get to the ninth station, chill out there. And then at two in the morning, we wake up and make our final climb to the summit to watch the sun rise at the top of Mount Fuji. And... Man, it was absolutely surreal. The first, you know, the, the first day, Sunday, the hike was beautiful, perfect weather. And as we're about halfway up the climb, it just starts to get extremely misty and just ethereal and mystical and magical. And we're literally just climbing like rock face, lava. It is a volcano, an active volcano. And we're just climbing sheer rock face of this mountain and some of the most amazing views i've ever seen just the clouds rolling in and just climbing up the face you know there's some hikes where you feel like you're 
in a jungle, there's lots of trees, you don't you know where you are, you're switch switching back left and right. This is just you see the mountain and you're just climbing up the face. It's a very it's a slope. It's a nice sloping <laughs> sloping imagine a volcano. That's what we're doing. And we get to the ninth station and that is where most people I think would stay until the two AM wake up. And just the coolest people working there, just these swag legends of the mountain. My boys Jin and Daiki. And you get a nice meal, curry and rice, you get green tea, have some beers, some whiskey as the sun sets at the ninth station. And this I think we all agreed that also Dave and Tenna, two other great friends who came with us. And we all agreed that this was seriously the highlight. Because we were just in this endless pillows of clouds and to see how they changed from it's basically looking out of an airplane window but you're not in an airplane you're just standing there at this hut and just endless pink clouds and you know as the sun's going down the moon's starting to shine they're turning golden and then it's dark and it's cold and sipping whiskey it was absolutely surreal and in the morning this you know the sleep was not perfect by any means us five had to sleep in a very small room not even a room like a bunk with five beds like the like in the Grinch the Who's all in one bed together the Who's of Whoville and <laughs> safe to say none of us got much sleep but we eager to get up at two and there's lightning I was I had the the bed by the window and I was just watching a lightning storm just taking place down in the valley below us, which was insane. So we get up at two and we start the climb to the summit. And as we're climbing in the darkness, we have our headlamps on. Everybody, pretty much everybody on the mountain is climbing at this time. So there's quite a line just to scale it. So that gave us a lot of time to look back at the lights of Tokyo in the distance the lights of Fuji, the town below us, Shizuoka, the lightning illuminating the sky and the horizon. It was one of the most magical and surreal moments I've ever experienced. So we continue climbing. We get to the summit, Fujisan, at like four in the morning and kind of travel around the top of it a bit. We look into the crater, the actual heart of Fuji, the volcano. And it's similar to Mordor, the Lord of the Rings, where Frodo goes and throws the, the ring into the churning fire. It was a similar experience. And we found a nice spot. We had our bentos so that the hut prepared, some rice, like a sausage, a dumpling, and cracked a beer, an acai, and we watched the sunrise. And it was just on fire, the red and the steely blue clouds, and then the clouds dissipated and we could see the ocean, just the, the Pacific Ocean, which was incredible. And after that, about 6.30 in the morning, we started our descent. It took about two and a half hours. It was a pretty quick one compared to like the seven hour climb. And it was much harder, but got down and that was it. Climb Mount Fuji and they just made me realize that 
I came here not expecting really much. I didn't know what to expect. Maybe I'd make friends, maybe I wouldn't, but I could never have imagined that I would make such good friends, people I genuinely want to hang with and share my life with and share this experience with and do stuff like this. It's truly a blessing and it makes me want to impart that things, taking those leaps of faith, stepping into the unknown can definitely be intimidating and scary and it holds us back from doing those things in life that perhaps we want to do deep down but we don't know how it's going to work out. We fear taking a chance, stepping to that unknown because what if it doesn't go right? What if you make no friends? What if you don't get what you imagine you'll get? Whether it's an experience or anything, the love. But you take that chance anyway. You take the shot. You step into the unknown. Knowing that perhaps it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult because there have absolutely been difficult moments in this experience for me. And I'll share one that I'm going through currently in a bit. But if you, <laughs> if you take that step into the unknown and you have faith that because you were called to do this thing and it's an unexplainable calling it's something that grabs your core and just kind of beckons beckons from that unknown place and you can't explain it you don't know why but you feel like you have to do this thing and if it's scary that means yeah you probably should do it because that is where the growth and the beauty and the fucking magic of life happens you take that step and things like this will happen. You'll meet people that you never could possibly imagine meeting, like Santana last week, talking about him on the last podcast, and and had him on the podcast. Just lifelong friendships and people who've also taken those steps to step into the unknown, into the discomfort, facing their fears too. And you don't know where these people will come from, but... It's the mindset, it's the mentality, it is the spirit that you all kind of foster and are embracing and honoring that will bring you together. They may be on the other side of the world as people waiting for you now just to be your best friend, <laughs> be your lover, be your mentor, your guide, or maybe you'll be a mentor to them. So that is the first part of this, that if you take those steps, you just can't possibly imagine the relationships and the beauty that will flourish and derive from taking risks in life. And just realizing that we're not meant to go at this alone. We are not alone in this life. And yeah, it seemed cool as a writer to be out there on my own doing this thing on this adventure where I don't know people and I'm just observing and it's difficult but it's also beautiful and you know it's I guess that's part of it because I, I do write alone and but I do what I do I write and I'm interested in the world because of people of the relationships that I've made and because of just my curiosity of what kinds of people are out there because we really all are the same underneath the bullshit 
and the cultural differences and which are beautiful and all of it we are just human beings seeking those same questions of what are we doing here how do we get the most out of this life how do i understand who i am under the surface and the more kind of particular roots or questions we have about why am i this way or why is life supposed to be this way we think we're the only ones with those questions and those concerns and it's interesting how the more specific we think we are the more unique or that we have a unique problem or curiosities that is that is what touches the most amount of people because we all do feel these things and maybe they're colored in different lights and they aren't exactly the same it could be I'm having the same problems as a, as a girl is having or obviously different lenses that we perceive these things through but they're the same principles and there are so many ways we can help each other in this process and I think that we need each other more than anything and brings me to my next my next point just to cap that off just so beyond grateful and in awe of this experience and being here in Japan for a year what it has given me would have gotten out of it that I could not have expected just like I've said just lifelong friendships and just so much expansion of who I am and what I believe I'm capable of how I feel like I could affect the world and be positive force and just people have shown me how much I need help in this and I cannot go at it alone and it is such a journey it is not going to be by no means have I found the answer or figured it out or am solved <laughs> this is a lifelong process of discovery and adventure and seeking and there is ups and downs of course there will always be and sometimes when we feel like we've solved one problem that just makes space for another one but if we could find ourselves through that if we could find a sense of peace somehow through that exploration then that proves to me that we're on the right path and of course the noise vacillates up and down it's gonna be difficult days it's gonna be great days but i feel like the signal is trending up and it would it's has to do completely with the friendships i've made and the people i've met so be that friend for others too sometimes when we're looking for a friend or looking for somebody to help us or even just so caught up in our own worlds there's somebody who needs it more than we do and of course and how can we be that person for them too and that is just the culmination of you know these two we help each other it's not a one-sided thing here it's we are all here to help each other and grow in the process and figure out who we are understand it a little bit better and it is incredibly beautiful and today i need i need some help because i 
with my back. Just had a little bit of a flare-up this morning and just setting into the negative mindset. It's going to be a tough day and the fuck, why me, all that stuff. And had the call with my coach and just the other people in this program that I'm in who are dealing with back pain. And just talking about, you know, it was supposed to be a call about the the workout they're supposed to do that day, but it turned into just talking about the mental game and how to stay not just positive, but how to stay sane throughout this, how to understand it in any way that we can. Because it's this very mysterious kind of problem that while it does have a solution, it there are many days where you just want to give up. And that was kind of me today. But Brendan, who is the the coach and kind of the guru, I don't want to say guru, it's, but he's just, you know, he's the the main guy in this. He's the guy I look to, all of us look to for inspiration and guidance. And he just shared how he hasn't been completely on it 100% the last couple of weeks. He's gone through his own little injury with his knee and his just told us a story about he's helping somebody right now, training somebody with Lou Gehrig's disease. And that is when your body just slowly gets paralyzed over time. And just the toll that that takes on him, obviously, it's pretty much guaranteed to end fatally. There's been 47 people who have gone through this and regressed in like human history. Yet this guy, he's determined to be the 48th. And man, that just hit me so hard. And that is what this back experience has, has shown me for the last seven years of just dealing with chronic back pain. Of It has shown me my purpose in life, but also that there are so many people who are out there struggling and still finding a way to shine and live freaking beautiful life and man I appreciated how Brendan shared that he's going through something too because it could feel like oh man I had this injury and I just want somebody to help me he should be the guy who's just the motivator and inspiring us but he's just a human being too I'm older than him he's 26 I'm about to turn 28 and I mean he's extremely mature like doing all this and literally the crusader of of back pain and i think he's going to be huge and just he's changing the entire game because it's something that i mean it afflicts so many people but for him to share that and be vulnerable and say that i haven't been perfect i'm going through this thing that just i was able to share my how i've dealt with the mental toll that this has taken on me over the years. Other people were sharing their their stories. I was just sharing my gratitude for Brendan and that he wanted to share with us that this is what he's been dealing with and not holding back and saying that, you know, kind of just keeping that inside, but this is what, what he's going through and that helped me completely. It changed my entire mindset from why me? It's difficult to just gratitude that I at least have the chance to continue, to keep going for this thing, to keep trying, 
and believing and it's you know i just had a small flare-up today but it takes it out of me and it's not easy but just gotta zoom out for whatever you're going through this just you know i kind of went off on a tangent of a feeling and emotion after that after that call because it hit me so hard that whatever we are going through truly are not alone in this thing and whatever you're going through you will be stronger from it and whatever you're going through do not let your heart close keep it open and keep pouring it out to the fullest this life is not worth holding back our emotion our love our pain our joy it is so amazing it's such a gift to be able to feel to feel deeply to know that we are alive with such a beautiful opportunity to live with the possibilities before us and the things that we've been gifted and through it all you know life has felt just emotional and kind of weighty and also intensely just awe-inspiring and through all that just believing that it is all part of this plan that if we keep going if we keep trying if we keep feeling as deeply as we can embracing and honoring those feelings and realizing that we are doing our best absolutely are with what we know right now and it doesn't always feel like it we're so hard on ourselves and why did i do this why did i do that but we're doing our best with what we know right now and what we do now cannot serve to allow us to close in the future close our heart in the future because we can't possibly imagine what life has in store if we continue living fully and taking taking stock of what we do have and staying grateful and just just going we will fall we will break we will crumble and we will hurt but that is part of this fucking journey and it is so beautiful and i am just beyond words beyond grateful to share the things i'm going through and experiencing and finding joy and pleasure and love in documenting this journey it is beyond my wildest dreams already living in japan for a year don't exactly know what's going to happen next but if we keep going future is bright future is bright love you all so much thank you for tuning in one year in Japan <laughs> and thank you